You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.podomatic.com. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Luke's English Podcast. It is the evening here in London while I'm recording this. I don't know what time it is wherever you are, but it's the evening here, so good evening. Now, this podcast is a kind of explanation of the mystery story which I uh, read to you a couple of podcasts ago. So basically, this story is about the mysterious character called the Doctor. Um, and uh, I'm going to explain a few things about him. Um, and I'm, there's also an interview with an expert on the Doctor. Uh, and that's coming up. So... Um, before I go into uh, details about Doctor Who, I'd just like to say a few announcements. First of all, the podcast is becoming very big and popular, and I'm getting more and more listeners all the time. And I also get quite a lot of emails. I know that I always encourage people to email me. That's because I want to kind of know what people think of the podcast. And I am getting emails. In fact, I'm getting so many emails that I just can't reply to them especially because I'm just so busy in my life as it is. I explained this in the last podcast. Um, you know, I've got a full-time job teaching English. Um, I also have um, music projects, which I'm doing. I'm also involved in some, some comedy projects as well. I'm calling them projects. It makes it, sounds very, it makes it sound very serious to call it a project. But, you know... I can't think of a better word, to be honest. Um, so I've got my kind of music projects, the couple of bands that I play in. Also, I've got comedy. I'm learning and practicing and performing some comedy at the moment. And as well as that, I've got all the other things like football. Uh, when I, you know, when I play football sometimes, and just other things in my life, which mean that um, I don't always have a lot of free time available to do the podcast. Don't forget, I do this podcast in my free time and you download this for free. You don't have to pay anything for it. So I guess, I mean, obviously, it's a. I try to make it a very professional service. But remember, because it's a free service, you can't always expect, um, you know, you can't always expect absolute reliable professionalism. You know, it's free. So, I mean, you're always getting your money's worth for this because you're not paying anything, right? Unless you're one of those very generous people who've sent me money. And there are a few of you out there and you're extra super mega special people because you've sent me the money. And that does help. It does help me. But nevertheless, um, the, the podcast is a free service, which I do in my free time. So, you know, my free time is limited. I can't always update podcasts regularly. But don't worry. Because, I'm, because this podcast is definitely a long-term project for me. And it's something that I, I enjoy doing a lot and it's something that I think about a lot. But you have to remember, dear listeners, that I don't always have a lot of time to um, basically to, to respond to all of the emails that you send me, okay? Um, you know, I... I I like getting your emails, but I just can't respond to them all. It's just because I don't have the time. If I sat down and responded to every email, I wouldn't really have time to do to do all the other things that I enjoy doing. Like, for example, at the moment, um, I've got lots of laundry in my bedroom that I haven't had a chance to do for at least seven days. 
right? I, in fact, I've run out of uh, I've run out of boxer shorts, so I'm having to wear boxer shorts twice because I don't have time to go to the laundrette to do all my laundry. It sounds ridiculous, I know, but um, that's just the way it is. So um, just to, so so basically, um, from now on. I will continue to upload podcasts as often as I can. Um, like I said, this is a long-term project for me. So even if I can't upload a podcast once a week, I'm always thinking about it. And I'm always planning and preparing to upload another podcast soon. So if there isn't one every week, you just have to wait, basically, until there is another one. And it shouldn't be very long. You shouldn't have to wait more than you know, about 10 days or two weeks. Okay. Um, so let's see. Um, I will reply to your emails or I will try, sorry, I can't promise that I will reply to all of them. I will try to reply to your emails, but I can't really write long replies. Unfortunately, all I can do, and I've made this decision because I just need to manage my time. All I can do is reply just to say that I've received the message and to say thank you. So a short reply saying, thank you, I received your message, thank you very much. Um, Really the main communication that I have with you is through this podcast. I can't really have email conversations with everyone because I just don't have time. I'm sure that you understand that. I'm sure that you appreciate that. But nevertheless, thank you very much to everyone for sending me emails. I really appreciate, but especially, I, I especially appreciate uh, the fact that you listen to the podcast. And that's all you have to do. You just have to listen to it and enjoy it. And that's it. You don't have to do anything else. I'm happy if you're just listening and enjoying and learning English. Okay? So, that brings me on to this podcast, which is about Doctor Who. Now, recent podcasts, um, so not the last one, but the one before last and the one before the one before last, included the story of a mysterious man called the Doctor who saved me from a monster. Now, this podcast basically explains that story. So, the Doctor is not actually my character. He's, uh, he's a character from a TV show called Doctor Who, which has been on British TV since 1963. Um, Doctor Who is a national icon in this country. He's as famous as James Bond, Sherlock Holmes or the Beatles. He's on TV now at the moment um, regularly and uh, the whole family, you know, families across the country watch Doctor Who on television Children, their parents, even their grandparents uh, watch the programme. Um, kids really just grow up with Doctor Who. I grew up with Doctor Who uh, when I was a child and my mum and dad grew up with it too when they were children. It's been on TV since, well, like I said, it's been on since 1963. So it's a really long running TV show and, and a great sort of cultural icon in this country. Now, I included Doctor Who in my story Just because I love Doctor Who, he's a very significant cultural icon in this country, and I just wanted to share that with you, okay? So, at the end of my mystery story, um, you'll remember 
that Sherlock Holmes, who's another cultural icon, recommended that I visit an expert who would explain everything about uh, the Doctor and Time Lords and everything like that. Now, I did interview an expert, and that's my friend Lee. Now, he's a huge fan of Doctor Who. Um, he knows everything about it, and in fact, he even gives lectures about Doctor Who. Um, so, um, really, the, the, the story finishes here, and it becomes reality, okay? Because Doctor Who is already a character who's an, in a TV show. So, um, in this podcast, fiction ends and fact begins, because um, it's a real interview with a real person called Lee, who's talking to us about, well... Uh, a fictional character, Doctor Who. Okay, now there is a transcript for this interview. Um, it's up to you, basically, to use that transcript to help you understand vocabulary and things. I'm just going to leave it to you to do your research. Use a dictionary, you know, to check words that you don't understand. But basically, this is a great opportunity for you to just listen to two native speakers having a conversation. I'm, I did the interview in the pub with Lee. Um, a few weeks ago and um, so basically what you've got here is the opportunity to just imagine that you're sitting in a pub in London with two native English speakers listening to them talking about Doctor Who okay so really good listening practice and if you're not living in London if you're living in a foreign country and you don't have opportunities to meet native English speakers and to do things like sit with them in the pub and listen to them speaking, this is your answer. This is what you can use to expose yourself to the English language, okay? So, what you've got here then is another interview with a native speaker. Here we go. Yo, what, what, what? All right, let me tell you about this feature. It's an interview with a native speaker, and if you find it difficult, I'll give you a hand, and then in the end, you'll completely understand every single word they said. Nice. Right, if you imagine somebody who's never heard of Doctor Who before, right, how can you explain who he really is? So, so if, if, what are the most important things that you should know about Doctor Who if you've never heard of him before, basically? Well, Doctor Who is a TV show that its main character, a character called the Doctor, who is in fact an alien, um, has the, a machine that can travel through time and space, which means that he is able to go anywhere in any planet, any point of the future, the past, whenever. Okay, um, what's, what's the name of that machine? It's called the TARDIS. And what, can you just describe the TARDIS? That, that's like his spaceship, yeah? Can you describe the TARDIS for us? Because, um, at, you know, in Britain here, everybody knows the TARDIS. Like, almost everybody knows it. It's very familiar to us. It's almost like an icon of British culture. But what is the TARDIS? What does it look like? Well, um, the TARDIS looks like a 1960s police box. And in the days before mobile telephones and actually people having phones in their houses, these blue police boxes were like an old phone box. And they were also had a double, um, a double function in that if a criminal caught a policeman, they would be locked up inside this police box. And they also had a phone. So they were a very common object in 1960s Britain. Early 
early 1960s Britain when Doctor Who started. So it, it, it looks a bit like a red telephone box, but it's blue. Yeah. And it's something that the police use to make telephone yeah. calls. Yeah. And they could use it to, to uh, keep criminals in. They could lock a criminal exactly. in there if they needed to. Exactly. And it okay. was a very everyday object that everybody would have known. Right. So. Okay. So it's going to, everybody knows about uh, what, what, what a police box is. So, so but of course, it's not really just a police box because it's actually bigger on the inside than the outside. Okay. So, so Doctor Who's spaceship is in the shape of a, a, a police box. It's called the TARDIS, but it's bigger than it's... It's actually bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. Um, okay. Right. Fine. Um, actually... People these days often use the word TARDIS to mean something exactly. that's bigger on the inside than exactly. on the outside. Exactly. Can you give me an example of like how we might use the word TARDIS well, to actually, mean something a, else? There's quite a famous example. When Tony Blair was Prime Minister, mm -hmm. um, in one of the last interviews he did before he left the post, he, I think it was with The Guardian, um, the um, interviewer asked him what was 10 Downing Street like. That's, that's the Prime Minister's house, yeah. right? And he said, um, he said, oh, it's like the TARDIS. And he didn't need to say anything else, but everybody would know that he means it looks small on the outside, but is much bigger on the inside. Right, okay. I, I, I've heard people say that like a, a woman's handbag is, is like the TARDIS sometimes, because uh, it looks like a small handbag, but you can actually keep lots and lots of things inside it. Right. And such is the power of the programme that even if you've never seen Doctor Who in this country, you will know if somebody says it's like a TARDIS, you will know that it's bigger on the inside than the outside. Right, OK. So that's, that's what TARDIS means to, to everybody now. OK, uh, what are the other important things that we need to know about Doctor Who? Um, well, we need to know the fact that the programme started in 1963, and that means that you get a very good representation of how British society evolved in a kind of um, a television visual um, in a way, yeah. a record of the times, our changing attitudes to race, to um, women's lib, to even things like the joining the common market in the early 70s. What, what do you mean by women's lib? Well, the Doctor um, traditionally is always accompanied by a female companion. Right. And this was specifically because the programme's original remit was to entertain a family audience on right. a Saturday it's afternoon. A family, it's a family yeah. show. Yeah, it's very much a family show. One that was designed to catch the fathers who'd been watching an afternoon of sport on a Saturday yeah. with a family who watched um, like a pop music programme the afternoon and it was designed to keep everybody watching right. and of course it was hugely successful when it started so it achieved its um, its aim okay so okay so basically uh, he's, he has like, he always has a female companion mm. Mm. I think that uh, Doctor Who from, has also had like a robot companion as well he right? has he has and um, yeah I mean he had a robot companion in the late 70s but he actually people have thought that it was because Star Wars came out and right. C-3PO and R2-D2 right. but actually Doctor Who was a year before Star oh, Wars. Really? So, so before, everybody knows Star Wars, they know about R2-D2 and C-3PO, but Doctor Who, before Star Wars, had K9. had K9. K9 was like a robot dog. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, now and of course, the most important thing to remember is that when the show first started in 1963, then the guy who was playing the Doctor was a very old guy. And after three years playing the role, it became very obvious that he was ill and he couldn't do it. And they were like, what are we going to do? So yeah. they devised, because we didn't know who this character was or where he came from, in 1966 they changed the actor but made it a part of this personality. And that right. allows has allowed the programme to continue to this day 
nearly 50 years later. Okay, so uh, this is another important thing about Doctor Who is that you have to know that how many how many actors have played him now actually? Um, well, we're now on number 10, and number 11 starts filming um, next month. Okay. Um, and the the interesting thing about Doctor Who is that when Doctor Who dies, he he doesn't die. Is I mean, um, he doesn't die. Instead, he changes into a new form. So he becomes a new person, but it's still Doctor Who, but he becomes a new person. And it's like a really important event when Doctor Who. It's to be honest, it's a way for them to change the actor, right? But in the show, Doctor Who, the the one Doctor Who dies, and he changes into a new Doctor Who and it's always like a really big event for uh, for the show right um, so it's it's really just a way for them to continue the show it's it's a bit like James Bond in that mm. sense but I think it's more more believable than James Bond because it's not supposed to be exactly the same character so each Doctor with each actor has been allowed to have his own um, his own way of playing the part so his own personality exactly. so every time it's like a new different kind of Doctor yeah, with a different personality. Same, we know it's the same character behind it, but it's like a new person to get used to, and that keeps the show fresh and has kept it going all this time. Okay, so there have been ten Doctors. Uh, the, the, the 11th Doctor is coming very soon. Um, who do you think is the nation's favourite Doctor Who so far? Well, for many years, um, everybody would have said immediately Tom Baker, an actor who played the part from 1974 to 1981. Yeah. Tom Baker, actually, uh, the, the Tom Baker Doctor Who... Is probably the most famous one until the most recent one. Exactly. And uh, exactly. he's famous for having a long scarf. And he was in The Simpsons. Yes. He was in the American, yeah. the American comedy also show. Also in Family Guy. He's in well, Family yeah. Guy as well. Yeah. yeah. And, right. and until until Doctor because Doctor Who was off the air. It stopped being made in 1989 until 2005 when it came back. Yeah. And until 2005, everybody would have said Tom Baker was the Doctor. Yeah. But as you said. In 2006, the current Doctor, David Tennant, has just taken the program to new heights of success that it never ever had in, yeah. in its original format. So Doctor Who, I mean, even before um, the latest Doctor, Doctor Who was really, really big and really successful, but it's become even more successful yeah. with yeah. this new Doctor, played by David Tennant, who's like a great actor, yeah. Shakespearean actor. Yeah. He's just done Hamlet, of course, Everybody, and they're actually filming the Hamlet for television now because right. he's just played as one of the it's defining a great, Hamlet. It's a great thing, because because David Tennant is so popular as Doctor Who, now he's playing Hamlet, it's going to be shown on TV, millions of people in the UK are going to watch Hamlet, which is written by Shakespeare, so it's a really good way of... And, uh, yeah. and that kind of fits in with the the, original, the kind of format of Doctor Who, and that because it's able to go back in the past and meet people like Shakespeare, Agatha Christie, it inspires people to go out and learn more about, you know, the original um, brief of the show was that it had to go to the future and then the past, so not only would it educate the viewers in a very 1960s BBC way, mm. um, but it was also entertained, so right. and it would inspire people to go and learn about things. That, that, that's what the BBC was all about, it was to educate, to entertain yeah. and to inform, yeah. right? Okay, now actually I think I need to clarify just a little bit more about Doctor Who, just to make sure that everybody understands who he is. Doctor Who is, is a time lord, and, th and that means he's, he's a kind of alien, he's not a human, he's from another planet, mm. but he came to Earth because he 
he loves uh, humans, right? Yeah, but he doesn't live on Earth. He's always just Earth happens to be convenient because that's where they okay. can film on the cheeks. <laughs> okay, so he doesn't live on Earth, but he comes to Earth quite yeah. a lot. But he has yeah. he can go anywhere, you know, in time or space. Right. But we have to remember that the Doctor, okay, he's the main character, but what really, really made the program successful and which we cannot not talk about are the Daleks. Right. Okay. Yeah. So the, um, now we, we've talked about uh, Doctor Who's uh, spaceship, his companions, uh, uh, K9. But another very important thing is to know the enemies that Doctor Who has. And yeah. you just mentioned the Daleks, yeah. right? So who are, who are Doctor Who's enemies? There's probably like three, maybe four most popular, yeah. most famous enemies yeah. of yeah. Doctor well, Who. I mean, do- the Daleks are. If you again, it's like the word TARDIS. If you say to somebody who's never seen Doctor Who in their life, they will. If you say Dalek, yeah. they will know what you mean and may even do an impression of one by talking like this. Exactly. Everybody says exterminate. So, I mean, Doctor Who's first story, 1963, was a bit of a dull... um, It it was trying... It was set in caveman times. It was very much introducing the characters. It was four weeks later, the introduction of these things called the Daleks, which just literally took the public imagination by storm. Right. You can't work out why. If you see them, they look like a pepper pot walking around. Maybe it's the voice. There's been lots of theories as to why people just why they kind of are so important to people but whether they're res- resembling the Nazis because remember the war has finished yeah, less than 20 years yeah, before yeah, you know yeah. there's just something about a Dalek and again it's a proper cultural icon so much so that in um, 1996 there was a survey to um, find out icons of British culture that the public wanted to put on stamps. Stamps, And the yeah. first-class stamp was the Dalek. The Dalek. Was, so, yeah. so there was a survey and the British public voted the Dalek as the number one icon to put on a stamp. That's yeah. even before the Queen. So yeah. they didn't want the Queen's head, they wanted a Dalek yeah. on there. So just again to clarify, a Dalek is uh, it's like a robot. It's a robot, but it's got a creature inside controlling it that hates anything. <laughs> <laughs> that hates either... <laughs> And if you see them, they're just like, what is it? But there's something about them. But there's a creature inside that controls yeah. them. And this creature wants to kill anything that is not like yourself. Now, I have to stress, the program, although it sounds <laughs> violent, again, it's for a family audience. Yeah. So, you know, the kids were watching with their parents. And although they were scary, it was a safe kind of fear. Because you could hide in mum and dad's arms, you know, or hide behind the sofa, which is very much, again, the tradition of... Um, the, the, these, these are other important things about Doctor Who is that it's a family show. So, so um, you know, most people in the UK grew up as children watching Doctor Who on a Saturday night. I watched it with my family. Yeah. And I watched it with my mum. My mum watched it with her mum. You know, Everybody knows it. It's like something really important about British culture. Um, one of the things that everybody says about Doctor Who is that because it's quite scary, um, you, you end up watching it from behind the sofa. So you can't just sit in front of the TV and watch it. You have to hide behind the sofa and sort of like, you know, look over the top of the sofa to watch it because it's so scary. I see. You're, you were lucky because when I was a child, our sofa was pushed against the wall. So <laughs> I had to hide behind a cushion. So you couldn't hide behind the sofa. Which is no. very, very scary. But that's another expression. It's another bit of exactly. uh, vocabulary that everybody knows now. To hide behind the sofa yeah. because of Doctor Who. Yeah. Okay. So 
we, we talked about the Daleks. Uh, now, another thing about Doctor Who is that it's kind of funny, mm. isn't it? It's got a very it's... British, dry sense of humour. Yeah. And partly because the programme has never had much money spent on it. So um, rather than have lots of special effects, you have to have a very good script that's sharp, that's funny. Yeah. The Doctor as a character never carries a weapon. He uses words, he uses his brains, he uses his intellect to yeah. get out of situations. So, um, and it has a, a it, it has a kind of a humour that's very British, but also, as you say, very funny. Yeah, I, I, like, it doesn't of, take itself too seriously. Yeah, it's not a serious show. It's it's very much a kind of camp, funny kind of show. And also, um, one of the scary and exciting. And that's right. It's it's it manages to mix like comedy and um, like satire and fashion or something and and serious science fiction as well. It's it's just great. Um, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, uh, one of the funny things about Doctor Who is like the special effects. Mm, yeah, they were in the old series, which, as I said, started in 1963 ended in 1989, famously Doctor Who never had any money. Yeah. Which means that there was no money for special effects. But you have to remember the new series is different. It's got amazing award-winning special effects. Yeah. But you have to remember that the BBC as an institution in the 1960s and the 1970s was at the cutting edge, was at the front of this technology. Mm. And all the stuff you see with green screen now yeah. Yeah. is because of the the BBC were doing with Doctor Who in 1969 yeah. when colour television had just been invented yeah. and you could, you see that early experiment in yellow screen it was then right. but you know this is this is why we have these special effects so, now so Doctor Who innovated a lot of special exactly, effects technology. exactly yeah, people like Ridley Scott was a, was um, one of the designers in Doctor Rid Who Rid in the 60s Ridley Scott was a, is a now a very famous director who's who's uh, directed films like Gladiator but, and, and Ridley Scott worked on Doctor Who in the in the sixties, okay. But I remember when I when I was younger, when I watched Doctor Who in the eighties, mm. um, the special effects were quite funny because mm. usually the monster was a kind of a man in a suit. Mm. It was basically a man in in a suit, you know, in a bit in a, in a similar way to in Japan the way Godzilla yeah. is so popular. Yeah. Godzilla, when yeah. you watch the original movie, is obviously a man in a rubber suit. Yeah. Well, I think the thing about eighties Doctor Who is it's very eighties. Yeah, you know, seventies Doctor Who, sixties Doctor Who was, and to a certain extent, it's all very scary, but there's something about 80s Doctor Who which just looks overlit, <laughs> the colours are really garish, you know, yeah. and it's just very 80s and okay. very much a product of its time. Okay. And maybe in a way that 60s and 70s Doctor Who was very much ahead of its time. Yeah. Okay. So now, though, Doctor Who is very, uh, very, very popular, more yeah, popular than it was more, before. More popular than it's ever been before. It's the top rated drama on BBC, it gets the highest ratings for drama, the audience appreciation figures, which are a rating of how much the audience actually enjoys it, are always in the lower 90%, which right. is for a drama show which is very popular, which is unheard of. Right. Um, it's always in the press, because remember, newspapers have a 50-year history to draw back on, yeah. Yeah. and um, public interest in Doctor Who at the moment has never, ever been higher, and now with David Tennant, 
the mo- arguably the most popular doctor ever yeah. about to change at Christmas and New Year then you know the future once again looks great so so basically um, the, um, the the important thing about Doctor Who if you're a learner of English mm. right is it important to know about Doctor Who do you think why is it um, important for learners of English to know about I something would, like Doctor Who I wouldn't say it was important but I would say it offers a very good insight into British culture the British view of things the British sense of humour mm. and um, also it's just a great way just to pass 50 minutes laughing up British culture. Yeah. It's just a great show. It's very fun, yeah. very entertaining. It's really easy to watch. You don't have to know everything about it. Each week there's somewhere new, you know, so... Yeah. It's one of those things, I guess, that um, if, if, an, it's a, if a learner of English listens to two English people talking to each other, mm. often they don't understand it because the English people will talk about things that the learner of English doesn't understand. Exactly. And one of those things might be Doctor Who. Mm. It's kind of something that everybody knows about. Mm. Something that people talk about quite a lot, for mm. example, like mentioning the TARDIS yeah. or the Daleks. I mean, there was a great interview with um, when the Queen's um, Golden Jubilee, about five yeah. years ago, 60 years on the throne. There's an interview with Prince Andrew, yeah. and he said he had really happy memories of watching Doctor Who with his mum and dad right. in the early 70s. So even know. even the royal family exactly. watched Doctor David Who. David Beckham gets the box sets for Christmas delivered to his house. You know, really? Everybody watches it. Okay, so there you go. Everybody is a fan of Doctor Who. Um, is it possible to watch Doctor Who in other countries? Yes, it's um, it's the BBC's biggest export in terms of where it's sold to, and yeah. it's currently available in 42 different countries. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, has a regular audience of um, 165 million viewers. So, right. Wow! Um, yeah, and it's everywhere from Saudi Arabia. It's the number one export show in South Korea. So really, so yeah. a lot of South Korean CSI. So. Even more popular than CSI. Exactly. That's amazing. In- South Korea. So if you're from South Korea and you're listening to this, then um, send me a send me a message if you've seen Doctor Who. Tell me what you think of it. Now I think that uh, they did show Doctor Who in Japan, mm. but I heard that nobody understood it at all. Yeah. They didn't. Yeah. They didn't get it. Yeah. And um, yeah. I think. In, but they did. To be fair, they did show this back in the 1980s when right. they showed the last three years of the show. And quite frankly, unless you were a fan of Doctor Who, it probably would have been the weirdest thing definitely may have got a cult audience but not I think think the late 80s Doctor Who was probably the worst Mm. the worst Doctor Who is terrible right that's a bone of argument really for me for me me, after Peter Davidson it was it it wasn't very interesting I didn't like it myself I stopped watching it at that point anyway should we end on a positive note yeah 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 just, just a, a thing about in Japan, um, they even changed the name of, of uh, Doctor Who. They put it into Katakana, that's Japanese characters. And in Japan, everybody knows Doctor Who as Dokuta Who. Right. Dokuta Who, which is kind of funny. Um, okay, so, right, so you're looking forward to the new Doctor? Yes, again, you know, the, having been a fan of Doctor Who since I was five years old, um, I'm still very young. Um, I, uh, I, you know, the, I love it when he changes. It's so exciting. You yeah. never know what's going to happen. Do you think 
And do you think this new guy is going to be a, do a good doctor? I'm sure. I'm sure because the guy who's now in charge of the show is one of the best writers of the last couple of yeah. years. Yeah. So I'm sure it's in very safe hands. And okay. I'm, you know, I think it's going to be great. Okay, great. So um, if you're interested in Doctor Who, you can buy uh, the box sets, the, the DVDs on Amazon. You can probably watch some Doctor Who clips on YouTube. Yeah, um, So if you're interested, you can watch it. But otherwise, just, just, um, uh, I don't know what I'm going to say now. <laughs> oh, <you're laughs> I, hope, <very> well. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that conversation anyway. Thank you very much, Lee. Bye, thank you. Oh, oh and one more thing. Why, why do you know so much about Doctor Who? As I said, because I've loved it since I was five years old. And um, for me, it's just... I did. I have a really strong emotional attachment to Doctor Who. You know, he was always there. You know, it's just because he was just such a constant character in my childhood yeah. and yeah. even in my adulthood. Dude. Yeah. You're yeah. a, you're also an expert, aren't you? Yeah, on, on Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah. But I'm, you know, I have my limits. I'm having my house is not full of toy Daleks of every description. No. There's just no. a couple. Just a few. <laughs> just a few. Okay, so you're not a total geek or anything, no? No, I'm not. I haven't got Dalek pajamas or okay. underpants, yeah. which are available. If, if you're wondering what to buy Lee for for his birthday or Christmas, Dalek underpants or pajamas, please. Dalek underpants or pajamas. I think they're available on the internet. Marks and Spencer. Marks and Spencer, do they do them? <laughs> right, well, I think on that note, uh, I'll end the conversation. Thanks very much, Lee. Thank you very much. Okay. Right, so there it is, the interview with, uh, with Lee all about Doctor Who. I, I hope you found that interesting. Now, hopefully, that interview kind of explained some of the things about uh, the story, the mystery story. But if you missed those things... Basically, let me just kind of go through some of the things that happened in my mystery story and just explain why I included them, okay? So first, the first thing is the goblins from space, the moon goblins. Well, I, I think that moon goblins, that's the kind of thing that you would expect to find in a Doctor Who story, you know? Um, you know, Doctor Who is sort of like science fiction, and so you would expect to find characters or monsters like moon goblins, uh, they're kind of, you know, slightly ridiculous, especially the idea that they're actually aliens that, that travelled from the moon, but then you find out actually they're robots. You know, it's kind of a typical Doctor Who-style monster, yeah? Um, the, the blue telephone box, well, you've learned from the interview that that's what the Doctor travels around through time and space in, um, and it's, um, it's actually a, a police box, called the TARDIS, that's uh, Doctor, the Doctor Who's sort of spaceship, the TARDIS. It looks like a blue police box. I'll put a photograph of that on the webpage so you can see what I'm talking about. Um, there is actually a blue police box. I think it's, um, I think it's on Baker Street, surprisingly enough. I know Baker Street's famous for Sherlock Holmes, but if you come out of the underground station at Baker Street in London, I think there is actually a model telephone box um, on the street and lots of people have their photographs taken in front of the telephone box because they love Doctor Who so that's the telephone box the strange sound that you heard in the first story which sounded a bit like this well that's just the noise that the TARDIS makes when it's um, landing and taking off um, it's a very kind of um, 
what's the word? A very memorable noise. Um, every, you know, it, it's it's um, it's a noise that really reminds you of of the TV show and kind of reminds you of childhood. Very mysterious noise and almost frightening, kind of slightly frightening sound. Um, the, it was the BBC who produced that sound effect back in the 1960s. One of the um, really sort of um, unique things that the BBC did at that time was to do lots of... Um, uh, they made lots of innovations in terms of the sound effects and the visual effects um, in Doctor Who. And so that sound is the, just the sound of the TARDIS. And everyone knows that sound. P- people who know Doctor Who know that sound. Um, in the story, um, the Doctor pointed something at the Moon Goblin in the water. And the Moon Goblin escaped or ran away and, and jumped back into the water and escaped. Um, now, the Doctor doesn't really carry a weapon but he does carry something called the sonic screwdriver. Now, a screwdriver is a, a tool which you use to, well, to put screws into a wall. You know, when you're making, making some shelves, a screwdriver is a tool that you, you use to twist with your hand and it, um, it twists screws into the wall or into wood. And the doctor has um, something called a sonic screwdriver, which is some kind of... I don't know, some kind of electric screwdriver, which kind of does everything. He can use it to control any electronic device. So he can use it to, for example, control a computer, um, or he can use it to open an electronic lock. Um, Now, the Doctor managed to use the sonic screwdriver on the Moon Goblin, because actually, Moon Goblins are robots, right? So he uses the sonic screwdriver to control the robots something like that i don't really know i just made it up you know um and the obviously the ticket the michael jackson's uh michael jackson's son prince michael the second um there's a ticket in the story from that concert in the future well obviously that just means that the doctor because he can travel through time he he you know he went to see michael jackson's concert in the future and he brought the ticket back and he must have just dropped it on the ground when he saved me from the moon goblins. So that's it. That's just a chance for me to explain some of the content in the mystery story. I hope it's not an anti-climax. Um, an anti-climax basically is something where, for example, um, you expect a lot. So the expectation is built up and up and up. And then finally, when you, when you get the answer, oh, it's a bit disappointing. So I hope that this isn't an anti-climax for you. I hope not. Um, you never know. I might get the inspiration to write part three of the mystery story. Um, it's just a matter of time and, and energy, really. But um, yeah, you might just have to look forward to that. But if you, if you can't um, wait for that, then what I recommend is that you actually find some Doctor Who to watch for yourselves and I'm sure that you'll enjoy it if you're if you're listening to this podcast you know if you're still listening after 38 minutes then you're probably an interesting enough person to and um and a patient enough person to be able to watch Doctor Who in English and actually enjoy it so I highly recommend it you can find Doctor Who on Amazon or in in most shops uh, on the internet buy the DVDs and and sit down and watch them and um, use the subtitles, do whatever you can 
to help you um, understand the English, but just watch it and enjoy it. And I think if you just watch something and enjoy it in English, that will naturally help you to learn. You know, it'll ha- naturally help you to to develop listening skills and to learn vocabulary and 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 learn about the culture of the language as well. Um, okay, that's it then from this episode. Don't forget to visit the web page, which is becoming very very difficult to read. Um, anyway, it's teacherluke.podomatic.com. I, I know, I realise that that webpage is becoming very full of stuff and I'm, I'm working to fix that problem. That will be fixed eventually, okay? So um, that's it then. That's it from me. Um, yeah, have a very nice day or have a very nice morning or very nice evening, whatever time of day it is. And um, look forward to the next podcast, which should be coming up really, really soon. That's it. Bye, 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 bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.podomatic.com.